Welcome to another fun-filled review extravaganza episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. And as always, I'm Scoob Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And we have uh, we have a nice mix. It's it's I'm very interested to not only just in terms of genres and whatnot, but just uh, very different experiences with all these albums. I feel like usually, uh, you know. I feel like there's certain buckets, you know, like, I like these albums, I don't like these albums, but I feel like there's kind of a broad spectrum with all these releases, yeah. uh, more so than usual, where I, I just, I don't, I don't quite feel the same way about any of them, so I, I'm really looking yeah, forward to talking I, about it. I, yeah, I, I'm totally with you there. It's, it's, it's an interesting roundup that we've got. I mean, we always, I, I always try to skew towards the weird, uh, in terms of, like, or I, I guess more, um, Variety. I, I guess I'm more interested in variety when it comes to these monthly roundups, uh, because we could just talk about all rock or what have you, um, and we do not. We do not. So I guess we're just going to get right into it. We are. We are okay. indeed. And our first album is actually one I'm really glad that you recommended we talk about because I. I knew it was out, and I, you know, I was like, oh, I got to listen to that at some point, and I'm really glad that we, I had a reason to do so. It is uh, the new album by Amulets called Blooming. Uh, yeah. It is a Flunzer release, and I have to say, from the moment, I, or like, you know, as I was listening to it, I really felt like a Flunzer release. So you want to, yeah, one of the things, it, it, it does. Yeah, yeah, one of the things I like about the Flunzer, I guess you could view this as a positive or negative, but I feel like there's a lot of their bands, not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, they kind of have a certain sound to them. Like you kind of know when you hear a Flunzer artist, even when they span genres. I, I did something well, about, you know, they really gravitate he, he, toward. This is the weird thing about this artist because I I think this is their, uh, this is Amos's first Flunzer release. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, and he's done, I'm pretty sure he's done a lot of self release stuff mm-hmm. in the past uh, because I, I actually got to know him through his youtube channel oh okay um where he does a lot of these really cool like experiments with uh with tape uh and it gets really nice and ambient and warbly and um yeah i so i i I guess up front i was thinking that that was kind of what was gonna happen Mm -hmm. um not exactly what happens but but I, i i guess just we can just get into it yeah um because i look i i don't know, i mean I, I don't really know exactly what i was expecting i guess because i mean i was i was hoping it would it would be you know kind of that crunchy warbly goodness that one expects from you know what i've come to know from from ambulance uh but it's not really that it's not really like an ambient release in a way um it, it definitely it, it feels very like i mean like it's a, it feels very flunzer-ish mm-hmm. um just just like i remember i think it was like the first track is just like you have all this distortion going on mm-hmm. you know and it's, I, it almost feels like he he bookended the the album with flunzer-ish tracks almost because mm-hmm. like whirl is just like just just like screams flunzer to me just with a whirl 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 
uh, <laughs> and so like I, I I think I maybe I should note that I don't think being flenserish is a bad thing and I, I I almost feel bad even using the word like that because I feel like the label has a lot of variety um you know I I feel like we're kind of painting them into a corner that perhaps they don't really fit into but nonetheless I I feel like if you've listened to you know a really like I I feel like you know what to expect from the flenser in that it's like dark moody experimental and more geared towards heavy shit yeah even then yeah I um First of all, I, I want to use the the phrase "crunchy warbly goodness" in more context because I really <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't I really didn't know anything about um, uh, his name is uh, Randall Taylor, and, and that is not one that I. Um, but for some reason, sorry, I'm just looking at his picture. He does look familiar. I don't know. I don't know why. I feel like maybe I. Am familiar with his music at some point, or you know, had listened to him at some point. Um, but I kind of came into this with fresh ears, not knowing what to expect, and I actually really enjoyed this. Uh, I felt like uh, specifically "Have a Nice Life" and "Planning for Burial." It kind of felt like the logical. You know, it is so strange you bring up "Planning for Burial" because during the first track, I was thinking that exact thing. Yeah, it honestly Good. feels like some of the more uh, droney, atmospheric. Uh, reverb heavy passages of you know those two bands music just taking their logical conclusion uh, and i liked a lot of the the drones and the soundscapes on this record and specifically i liked kind of the tim hecker effect i appreciated that they were you know relatively bite-sized uh pieces uh, you know collapse of memory being eight minutes but the rest being um more or less around five uh i, I really enjoyed it i mean i don't have a ton to say only because with ambient music there's usually it's more of a you know it's more of a kind of a vibe genre like you really gotta yeah, yeah, dive like a, in there's not a ton. like an intuitive feeling yeah almost and there's not there's not just candidly there's not a ton of variety here but i i, I really did enjoy the journey this took me on um i i, I really liked it yeah I, I don't have a ton more to say about it but i, I do yeah, appreciate see, that that's kind of my own issue with it too i mean i I, I guess I probably enjoyed it a little less than you. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, but my thing is that I just found it. I don't want to say forgettable, but I just like for me, like the, there wasn't really a whole lot of reason to go back and listen to it. Like I, I like the first time I put it on. By the end, I was like, okay, I I know what. Like I I'm 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 aware of my thoughts on this record in a way. Like it wasn't like I had to like keep digging in further and further. Um, which which I don't think is exactly a bad thing, but I guess the those feelings that I have towards it are just I I guess like positively lukewarm. I guess mm. if that makes any sense, because like it, it, I'm not gonna go and say oh this is terrible because it's not. It's you know it's a it's a pretty beautiful ambient album. Uh, even though I think it's more geared towards sort of the heavier, noisier, more abrasive side of ambient music. Um. You know, but for me, it just like it just there, there wasn't a lot that I wanted to return to here. And and what I like so much about, uh, you know, some of my favorite ambient albums is like that I'm able to go and 
you know, put basically put it on repeat if I wanted to. You know, I just let like that thirty six and Zach A album last year that was by my album of the year. Mm-hmm. Like, I I that's one of those albums I feel like I could put on every day for the rest of my life and not get sick of it because I feel like there's always a little something more. You know, and I feel like there's always like. I just feel like there's always something to get to find, you know, upon re-listening to it. Whereas, like, this was, like, like a, I, I kind of knew what I was, you know, like, I, I felt like a re-listen wasn't going to be rewarding, in a way. Um, and, and, I mean, I think part of it, too, is just, like, I, I kind of missed that tapey goodness <laughs> that he does. But I, I, I think, in fairness, I think this is more of, like, a concerted effort on 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 his part to try to make a full album of music whereas i think a lot of his youtube stuff um i think some of it's instructional but i think when he puts up uh, a music piece it's more of a singular like event in a way like you know he'll have like kind of you know like it it almost feels like an experiment in a way Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is using like a tape loop and so I, i think maybe the physicality of like actually seeing it you know and like you know, kind of seeing the actual magnetic tape kind of physically warble yeah. um, is kind of what changed. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm just trying to think of, like, the difference between what I saw on YouTube and what I listened to on YouTube and what I listened to here. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to say it's disappointing. It's just, I I don't know. I it, it, It's just not... Hmm... I, I I guess it's just not making me want to come back. I guess. Yeah, so, I, 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 I feel you. I mean, I think yeah. I think what made this stand out more than other ambient projects that I'm like, oh, you know, this is nice, and then move on is the kind of Flinzer connection there. Um, mm. uh, j- j- it, just it is cool to see them like do new stuff, like to really take these like chances. Yeah, and I think you know, very just you know, very practically. The Flinzer is a label I follow, so the fact that it was released by them, there, there's some kind of you know tacit endorsement to that. You know, obviously they they cared enough about this specific gaming project to release it. You know, it's not a genre they necessarily release a lot, um, but I, I do think, and I don't know if he did this on purpose. I mean, there are plenty of um, plenty of moments on this where I, I really, if I did like a blind listen, I truly would have thought like, oh, you know, the guy from Planet for Burial is doing an ambient project. I genuinely would have yeah. thought that. So I think that's why I gravitated towards it uh, a little bit more. But I, but I, I, totally, maybe, I totally see what you're saying. Maybe it's like I, I almost want those two sounds to be more separate, almost. Mm. Like, because I, I, it's not that I... Mm, it's difficult because like I, I like dark ambient music. But I, I, I guess it's more like this is a case of my own expectations um, kind of ruining things in a way for me. Um, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I really don't have anything else to say. Uh, I, I do think if... I, I think it's worth listening to. Um, I, I just personally, I don't know if I would listen to this again. Like, I don't really... It, it doesn't have a whole long, long, long lasting. Oh, I'm dying to to put this on again. Type of feel to me. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. But I, I mean, regardless, I definitely enjoyed listening to it. I, I was I was glad to have an excuse to listen to it. And you know, I also don't know how much I'll return to it, but I thought it was a a fun listen. And it's, um, if anything, it got me <laughs> excited for the next 
Have a Nice Life and playing for Burial albums. So I, I don't know. If that, it, I don't know if that was. I like, actually never listened to Have a Nice Life. They. I've heard nothing but good things about Death Consciousness, but I've just never listened to like any of their albums. I actually really prefer um, the Unnatural World personally. Uh, but Is that the latest one? No, it's this, the latest one. Uh, I got really excited about it when it came out, and I've, I've I cooled a little bit over time. But I still think the Unnatural World is just a really, really. Um, I, I just felt like it was their most. It was the more direct version of Death Consciousness. Like it kind of didn't get so lost in the shoegaze haze, but it still had that reverby atmosphere, but had some really nice punchy moments as well. Um, hmm. But yeah, yeah, they're a cool label. I really like how diverse their roster is, and this was a nice addition. Um, yeah. So now for. Something a little bit noisier, a little bit louder. Uh, this is something that uh, someone on the blog who I didn't think listened to this type of music recommended them. Um, and I had a great time with it. I'll just say right up front. It's uh, Stumbling yeah. Through the Walls by Haraki, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I'd never heard of these guys either. Um, and I mean, you, you texted me like a few albums that, you know, we should check out and you know you, you said that i you thought i would like it and i mean you're totally right this was super interesting uh you described it as like synth punky noise rock kind of and I like mean, to me it kind of felt like uniform and white suns had like a synth punk baby that's what i wrote down yeah um, kind of I, I could see that i see I, it, it it kind of, it reminded me of like uh, it reminded me a little of like a less um, sped up like Atari Teenage Riot almost. Oh yeah, I didn't listen to that much, but I, I can I can I can see that for sure. Yeah, um, like it, it definitely because I I think the difference though I I think it's like I feel like it has like that digital hardcore kind of like ethos to it that it's all like you know trying to get some harshness going on trying to really bring home you know kind of a message. Uh, all the while, you know, just basically trying to use like synthesizers as long as like as wrongly as possible, almost. Mm. <laughs> uh, and like, I, I love that type of shit. Um, I, I guess the difference between this and, and Riot again, I, I think, is like the speed ver- speed part of it. Like, Tartina's Riot always feels like they're they're really blistering, yeah. Like, just really going fast with everything. Um, whereas this felt like it was a little more toned down and more like brooding in a way uh like always ready to attack but not quite doing it yet mm-hmm. um but yeah th- th- this was yeah it was really interesting i i i kind of want to listen to it a few more times um i really didn't look into the band that much i just kind of listened to the album and it was yeah it it was just i i, I loved sort of the range that was going on yeah because um, like the first track is just again like more brooding but then you know you get a little more angry as time goes on and like um what, what's this is it it's not pseudo skin i i can't remember the name um fake skin it, it's something skin i <laughs> something I, skin. I, I i would i would try to look it up right now but i i feel like my computer might blow up so um <laughs> i'm not going to uh but yeah it, i i mean 
I, I guess I don't really have a ton to say here either because I really I enjoyed it. Um, like it's something I, I, I like I think it it really hits a nice like sweet spot for me because it's you know kind of like this angry noise project that, you know, uh, doesn't feel like it's wasting anyone's time. I guess mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like just over half an hour. Uh, I felt like that that was just the perfect time because I I felt like like I really like the vocals. But I felt like if they had made like, you know, a 45 minute album or like an hour long album, I felt like those vocals could get a little like, you know, uh, wearing after a while. Uh, But I think within the context of like this short, you know, kind of sucker punch of an album, it really works well. Yeah, I I will say that's something else I noted or that I also noticed that is that it felt like it was just the perfect runtime like the perfect amount of variety i mean like you said there's some pretty much you know straightforward you know punky synthy noisy tracks and then you you know new standards is one of my favorites just like really cold intense like dirge with a a big climax you have a peach lung which has some downright danceable beats which is which is one of the oddest track titles and i keep (laughs) thinking about that track title over the past week like peach lung what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know either. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, but, but I'm not saying it, and I'm not, I, I'm not intending this to be derogatory. I, I just like there are certain track titles that just intrigue me, and that's that's just one of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think especially considering sort of the nature, like sort of the sound of the album too. Like it just it, it feels kind of contrasty in a way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Peach Lung sounds like something that, like, you know, Godspeed or, like, Deaf Heaven would, would name a track title. <laughs> that's so actually... I, that, like, that, that, that's... No, I, I, I... Wait, wait, correction. It wouldn't be Godspeed because it isn't, like, a sentence long full of, like, numbers. <laughs> that would, uh, totally, so, like, I picture that being, like, the new Deaf Heaven. Uh, which, yeah. apparently, they're recording a new album, which I'm interested in. Oh, because I, I, interesting. My interest in them has, has slowly declined since Sunbather, so... Um, I mean, we're, we're still waiting on them doing the Smiths cover, right? The whole oh, Smiths covered album. What, what, an am, so. what an amazing... Oh, I just, I love so much how, like, how much that was 100% a Smiths cover. Like, that just, that was 100% what yeah. they Like, I, it's one of those things you ask for Van Fleet to listen to Led Zeppelin. Like, if they say anything, but yes, they're lying. Like, if they said, were you trying to do a Smiths cover? Yeah. I mean, like, just anyway. Um, I mean, but we're talking about the album art, but but yeah, but musically as well. I think they they were trying. Really? They were well, not like I, th- I remember we, we reviewed the uh, the the first single from that, and that I didn't get anything like that from. That. I just I just remember the album cover and, and both of us being like, yeah, like if this was the '80s, this would have been like a Smith single. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, maybe not the Smiths specifically, but I just felt like they were tr- they were trying to wear their alt rock and just like more mainstream, you know, fl- you know, yeah. influences on their sleeve or, or whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, anyway, to 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 bring it back to yeah. Iraqi, I mean, just yeah, I I really like. I think it was cool just to to I I guess this is something that maybe is. I'm just kind of realizing is sort of the use of like space in the album, like it's sort of like in the mix and the production mm-hmm. that like it didn't feel like 
you were just getting like brick walled with like just like this wall of noise or anything like that like it felt like there was a lot of control and restraint going on uh when it like when it came musically and it it really works because it really like you're you're able to kind of cage that that beast and let it out at certain moments and it, and it works really well mm-hmm. no yeah absolutely i yeah i mean it I think it's one of those cases where I don't have a ton more to say as well, but yeah, like it's just every time every time I listen to this, I mean, I just I totally thought you would like it, and, and I just I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was a really yeah. really really fun time. Really really enjoyed, um, you know, the very uh, just that they do what they do and they do it really well. Like I, exactly. I really don't have any complaints about it, and I'm really yeah, glad I, you, you liked it too because I, I just I, I, I was, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they have a CD version of it because I would love to buy it. Um, but I, I need to look into that a little bit. So, great. Fingers crossed. Well, we are moving on um, right. to an album that I was really looking forward to, and am interested in hearing your thoughts about it. It's the new Monobody album, Comma. Uh, they came out of nowhere. I mean, they're a pretty small bands, but they some somehow crossed onto my my path. I think back in like twenty eleven or twenty twenty. It was a, a while ago, and they just play a very intricate but melodic blend of you know jazz and prog and math rock and it's it's something that i really vibe with a lot on their self-titled debut there there there's some really really great memorable uh songwriting in there but it's still you know it was able to still be technical and um you know jump across genres and i Specifically, Curry, Courier, Career, which is still one of my favorite song titles of all time. <laughs> um, but the, yeah, it's just it's a relatively short album. As like all their albums are, are relatively short, they you know not not a lot of songs. Focus on kind of intricate compositions. Uh, I also enjoyed Ray Tracing, their last album, uh, slightly less. I felt and I, kind of the same with Comma. I guess I'll just get right into it. I I, I feel like they're they're writing more like they're they're fleshing out their chops as musicians they're playing a little bit looser they're you know playing a little bit more with space and ambience and and whatnot um and i I did like both ray tracing and comma but i think after a few listens of this i just wish there were a few more of the punchy straightforward tracks on their debut i feel like they're they're moving more towards making, I guess the best way to say it, moving more towards making albums versus like a collection of, of good songs. I think that that's what their self-titled debut felt like to me. Like it felt like a collection of interesting songs and these next next two albums feel a little bit more like they're trying to write more wholesale albums, which there's nothing wrong with that, but I just, there aren't as many standout tracks, which is a little, like I think that the lead single from this was um, I think it was Harvester, and it's a cool it's a cool song, but it just it didn't have the same kind of punch as some of their earlier tracks. Um, but I, I still think it's a you know cool band, cool album. I would definitely recommend uh, anyone check this out who's interested in, in math rock, prog, jazz, anything like that. But I, I don't know if you've ever listened to these guys, and I'm interested to hear what you have to so- say. 
We, uh, I'm pretty sure we actually talked about them before. Okay. On a, like an early version of this podcast, um, if I remember correctly. Um, so, I, and I remember really liking it. I, I don't remember what album we listened to. I think it was Ray Tracing. Um, I think that makes the most sense because I think it came out around the time that we were, no, yeah, I, I, see, I vaguely remember an episode talking about Monobody and I remember really enjoying it. Um, but so going into this, I was like, wait, aren't, aren't they like that, like jazz fusion math rock thing that Scott like is like obsessed with (laughs) and, uh, and, and so I'm like, like in my head, I'm just like, Oh no! Like, like because like the last few years, I've really gotten turned off by by jazz fusion. I I just like it just sounds so cheesy to me, and I I like I used to love it. Like Billy Cobham, Mahavishnu Orchestra, you know, um, even like more you know like a he, uh, not Headhunters but uh, Manchild by Herbie Hancock, you know, shit like that. Um, it just doesn't have the same you know i don't know like it 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 kind of makes me cringe nowadays so i really wasn't looking forward to this in a way Mm -hmm. um like in in when i started it up i'm like okay this kind of sounds like it it, you know forgive me if this seems kind of weird but it kind of reminded me of the necks almost and i'm like oh wait i don't i don't don't really like the (laughs) necks but but the thing is like that went out within like a minute because i fucking like adored this fucking album dude really okay <laughs> yeah i really love this thing um i think it's because um so uh friend of the show devin uh got me into uh the band trico um a few months ago and uh i really really enjoyed their debut mm-hmm. um and this reminded me a lot of that except it had like more of a proggy jazzy flair to it um yeah i i felt like every track on this thing was was just necessary like it felt like it never wasted any time it it felt like kind of all like the twists and turns that you know maybe maybe back backtrack a little bit that i i i think every time i felt like it could maybe go too far or like you know repeat itself a little too much it would meet like they would just take a left turn kind of mm-hmm. and just do something unexpected and like they yeah it, the songwriting is just really tight the performances are even tighter it just feels like they just work so well as a band together um yeah and just like i mean really like if i had a complaint it's maybe that the production i think could sound cheesy but i mean coming from someone who finds something like Mahavishnu Orchestra to be just cringy right now. I really enjoyed the production on this. Like, it didn't feel like it pushed that envelope too much. Like, it, it like it had... You, you could listen to it and you're like, yes, this is, this is fusion-y. Like, you know, you have, like, that distorted guitar and you've got, like, kind of that synthy type of feel to everything. But none of it felt artificial. And, like, I just... Yeah, I, I just fucking loved this thing. I think it was it was so good, um, and I loved how just I mean I, I I like I like these short albums that you know just say what they need to say and don't keep going, you know, um, 
yeah i also the album art is might be my favorite artwork of the year so it's far really cool yeah yeah i like i love the colors and um everything yeah i i really i i have so like i just don't have any complaints about this like i guess that maybe that I, as far as i can see there aren't any um cd versions of it because i would love to get a cd version um yeah it's <laughs> like like i i guess you were you, your complaint is that it it feels like they're more interested in making like more of a cohesive experience than they are you know yeah. trying to focus on songcraft I, I, almost. I definitely feel like it's more of a a me issue i mean i i enjoyed both this and ray tracing uh i think that they're just i think i just miss the type of of songs on uh, on their debut I mean, it's, uh, in some ways this is gonna be a weird comparison at first but it reminded me of uh, irreversible entanglements uh just because i felt like i i did enjoy their newest album who sent you but i just really was yeah. looking for um uh, something comparable to their debut like i felt like their debut had a, i feel like their debut had better songs specifically the opening track uh which is uh, what, what is it's from uh, texas to uh, la I yeah think. like it, that song in particular is is a just yeah awesome I, um, I mean i remember when we did a review for the new irreversible entanglements and i i said the same thing yeah um I, I i guess because i don't really have any memory of the previous two albums though i know i listened to one of them and i remember enjoying it but i just i, I wonder if i listened to the other two if, if my opinion on comma would be a little bit different but i, I mean see as it stands it just for me it, it just hits every point that would make an album like this work for me that you know the production is just solid it doesn't doesn't seem like it's you know it, it's not it, it doesn't make me want to cringe yeah. <laughs> which i think is it's very much a plus that's that's um, important yeah yeah and just i i think you know when we think about performance when we think about songwriting i think it's just all so up there if anything this kind of reminds me of um of sort of when we reviewed the the new Perfume Genius album, uh, just in that like, I you almost let like we had like, I think an overall like technically a positive review of it, but mine was much more so, and I think it was because I was less invested in the artist to begin with. Yeah, which that's um, actually a very good parallel. And to your point, I, I really do like this album. Uh, I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. Don't, yeah, don't get I'm, I'm not. I'm not discounting yeah. that at all. Um, um, yeah, I just. I've I been mean, like just to, you know to put it out into the ether. Uh, I. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed this album. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed everything they put out. Um, I think in some ways it's. Uh, I'm a little. I mean, saying nostalgia is a little bit too strong because they're such a young band. But I feel like I just I spun the hell out of their debut and there were a lot their ray tracing didn't come out for several years i mean it, this thing this is this been a couple years too i mean yeah. they they definitely feel like they're taking their time yeah so i think just album the amount of times i spun that like their debut and, and like especially uh curry career career um is just such a such a great song and I, I mean sometimes i'll just put on that song you know like on on Bandcamp or apple music or whatever um but I mean, I, I appreciate the direction they're going in, and uh, 
it's definitely something that I need to get over and then like we all kind of get stuck on sometimes is that what the albums we like and the songs we like are still going to be there and there's nothing wrong with the band trying something new as long as it's it's mm. good and I think I think this this is good I think it's just me kind of being a little bit too um, too stuck in my own feelings maybe in a way I yeah. I mean look they, I, I just I think just personally like maybe it's because our relationship I think with the band is different I think our relationship with both uh, sort of the genres that are represented here are different um, you know, because I, I mean, lately, like, like the few math rock albums that I've listened to, and I'm talking like, you know, like more modern math rock just feel kind of one note. Like you, you, you put on it, you put it on and within like the first 30 seconds, you're like, Oh, I know what I'm listening to kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like, I felt like monobody in this album took two genres or I, or I, I mean, it, I feel like it's more than that. I mean, I feel like th- there's a lot of ideas being thrown in yeah. here that aren't exclusively from one genre or not. But I think of this as like a jazz fusion album and a math rock album. And if you ask me, both of those genres are in serious need of like, you know, uh, reinvention, and, you know, and new ideas. And they just managed to do that by combining those two sounds uh which i I guess isn't really a novel idea but it just works so fucking well here yeah Uh, and i think that's what i've always loved so much about monobody is that when you listen to like listen to their debut you're, you're totally right not not necessarily a ton happening that you haven't heard elsewhere but just the way that they put it together and how tight and intricate it is and how it all sounds you know, you, you have like very, very clear jazzy riffing, very, very clear math rock riffing, and it's very proggy tendencies, but just it all fits so well together. Yeah. Uh, I'm really glad you, you liked it. I, I mean, I I was just really excited to talk about it. I really had no idea what you were going to think, and I'm glad that yeah. what you do think is, is I, good I, good thoughts. I, the, the, that's the funny... I just, like, from after I was done with my first listen to this album, because I, I listened to, I think, all of these albums like three or four times. Um, I at the end of my first listen, I was just like, "Damn it!" Like, like I, I, I went in wanting to hate this almost. Like, I, and, and it just completely like did a one eighty on me. And I, I like I have to give them credit for that because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking asshole sometimes when it comes to you know expectations and taste and things like that. And just I, yeah, I, I just I, I, I like being wrong in this in this scenario. Yeah. Um, it's super, it's super nice. Uh, again, though, really wish there was a CD version. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really like single format. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see a lot of good reasons for it. Um, um, I, so, I mean, we can talk about it with our, our the next album, uh, if you want. But I mean, I, I feel like they're, I, I mean, if, if you want the simple answer. I think it's just, you know, money because, you know, ordering all this like, you know, special like colored vinyl and shit is like that that's going to make you some money. Like and if you look on Bandcamp right now, almost every single one of these like vinyl uh, pressings that they have 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 been sold out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess you can 
you know, there's some that might say like, oh, you know, this this should be heard on vinyl, and like we just you know, love the format or whatever. But I, I don't know. You can't. I mean, it's Dude, it's I, streaming. I actually, I I totally forgot about this. I I was watching this YouTube video uh, about this exact thing, uh, and it's really interesting. It talks about the vinyl recording process itself, mm-hmm. and actually the intricacies of it, and sort of uh, what goes into making it, and sort of how it even works like how a vinyl record even works like down on like a near microscopic level well not microscopic but like you know very very tiny level mm-hmm. um and at the end the the, the guy who did it's just like you know on a technical scientific level nobody can really tell the difference between these two yeah <laughs> Like, like the, the the they're frankly they're they're like the same sound quality. Uh, if well, I, I think the thing is like if they're produced right, if they're mastered right, like you know if if you because apparently you have to master things differently for vinyl, which yeah. I actually didn't know. Um, so you know if you don't have that, yeah, your the vinyl's gonna sound much worse. But um, it it it's really more of a preference than it is like some sort of fact um and i which is I, again i i just i think this is more of like a this is more of a money thing um and i mean good for them because i feel like if there's any band that deserves to blow up this year i feel like monobody are a good contender um though i mean i i don't think that i mean have they ever like they, they like if you ask me like from what I've seen, it almost feels like they've occupied this space where, like, they're not unpopular, but you're never going to see them, like, break through in the mainstream, in a way. Like, or even, like, e- even in Pitchfork, almost. But I I, I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I-, I feel like as much as I like how they blend styles, uh, I feel like this might be a little bit too... Maybe this would be a little bit too much for the Math Rock kids, you know, not, you know, maybe too much... You know, the direction for you know jazz fans um but i actually i saw them pl- i met up with nick and saw them play live and they were uh they were really good and i hope that they continue making good music and i don't know yeah. if uh the next time we'll be able to go to <laughs> next time we'll be able to go see live music but i would well, love to see them again. next time we do and they're touring we are going to go see them yeah so. it was it was really fun they had a lot of good energy um i was very i, uh, I, bet. I was very very pleased very yeah. pleased with uh what they put on the stage it was it was, it was yeah. a fun time so yeah i i i cannot recommend this thing enough i'm very happy with this thing i like this is like album like i it's not going to be you know number one album of the year contender but i almost guarantee it's going to be somewhere on the list this year um because it's just you know super short but really hits hard mm-hmm. so yeah great well but, this is a, this is a very nice uh surprise i'm glad you yeah. liked it um, yeah well I'm, I'm glad you i'm glad you uh you 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 know put it as an option so yeah and yeah. speaking of artists that we both like and are going to talk about today. Uh, we have, we have. You're not even trying. I know. I know. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the new Igloo Ghost album, uh, Lay yes. Lean Eon, is what I'm going to pretend that. Is, is it? I thought it was Lay Line Eon. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> um, so this is the new record from the 
insanely fun, colorful, creative, uh, experimental electronic producer. And since we're being pretty direct today, that is not what this record sounds like. Uh, I, I don't. Want, I, I, I don't want to pull. Highly disagree. I. I. I just like. Okay, have you watched the Fantana review for this thing? No, I haven't. I saw that he posted it, and uh, I actually thought of a reviewer trope that I want. Like, when this first put came on, I, I didn't want to use that trope of, like, I checked to see if I was listening to the right album, but I definitely, I felt, from the gun, I just felt weird about this album. Yeah, I'll be totally yeah. transparent. Um, I, I, I don't disagree, but, but go, go on. I... I j- I tried my. I feel like I did come to a place where I divorced what I was expecting with what I got, and the kind of added because the first listen, I really, really didn't like this at all. I, I just I felt like this, this was not at all what I was hoping for. I, I mean, like it just it was a much more, almost somber album. It was a much you know darker album. It didn't have like I mean. When I think of Igloo Goose, Igloo Goose, Igloo Ghost. <laughs> I, I, Scott, are you moving to Halifax? <laughs> no. I, 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 Igloo Goose. Hey, 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 have you listened to the new Igloo um, Goose album? <laughs> when I think of Igloo Goose, um, I, I think of being dropped in the middle of like a super weird, bizarre coloring book, and then having someone color it in with like super neon colors along the way and so, so, so it, it, it's like the music video for take on me almost in a way except more yeah like, fucked up but but, but like a millennial version yeah of it. exactly yeah um and i do say like by the by you know the time i got through a few more listens i did enjoy it more but i still i i, I just really did miss what i thought this was going to sound like, and, and the only reason I thought that is because it was another Igloo Ghost project that kind of envisioned what he typically sounds like. But yeah. and again, there See, are plenty, plenty of moments that had the Igloo, Igloo Ghost stamp. I got it right that time, um, and I really did enjoy the parts where um, the bass and the intensity really kicked up. There were some more percussive it's moments. It's still fossil. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I actually different. wrote that down. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I also enjoyed zones. You. you can't see um i i enjoyed most of the songs on this but i didn't really love a lot of the songs on this honestly i, I just i felt like it didn't it lacked the the spark that made me fall in love. i remember the first time you i think you picked it for an earlier, earlier episode for us to review and just from the moment i first listened to him i thought it was incredibly inventive and colorful and, and i just i didn't i mean this was definitely creative and it was interesting but it just it, it lacked the spark that I usually like Rose music, and I, yeah. I really, I really, really, honestly tried not to compare, you know, what he done before to what he did now, and I just, I mean, it was... it's it's difficult because I think if you look at his track record so far, so he's had three EPs, one album, and one collaborative album, and they've all had that manic, you know, maximalist type of like electronic IDM sort of ish sound to it, uh, so. I, I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation to think that, you know, he would continue that trend. Um, so I, I, I don't really blame you mm-hmm. at all for that. I, I think it's it's totally fair. And I think that's a big um, uh, criticism that's being lobbed at this album right now. Um, just, But I want to try to change your mind here. 
So okay, and I, I I'm I'm gonna just completely rip off Fantano right now because this is pretty much how, how he put it too. That he was like, you know, just take all the weirdness and you know the the manic energy of you know a, an album like uh, Neo Wax Bloom and just sort of make it more natural, almost like strip away certain elements of it and leave other ones. Uh, I feel like that's what you get with Leyline Eon in a way. It it has more of an intimate connection, I feel like, with the listener. I feel like it's it like I feel like if I mean we I, I think I, I used this comparison last week, uh, so I kind of feel a little repetitive in one note, but like Neo Wax Bloom is kind of like almost like it feels like an id almost that it's just like unbridled yeah. in a way um maybe i don't know let's see like i i feel like it's like i i almost feel like leyline Ian is is kind of like the album that's like underneath neo wax bloom almost like kind of at the controls like it like it's it's, it's almost like you're watching like a mecha anime and like neo wax bloom is like you're watching like the fights between <laughs> huh. the mechas and like but Leyline Eon is kind of like the inner turmoil that the pilot's going through. Oh, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm trying to explain this a little more. Um, I will say, I when I when this album was announced, I was through. Like, I was so excited for this thing um, because, I mean, I haven't said it yet, but I, I genuinely think Neo Wax Bloom is one of the most forward-thinking electronic albums, like possibly of the century like mm. so far honestly like i cannot like i think I, I just i think maybe flying lotuses work uh comes close but not even like like it's it's like light years still like i just feel like what igloo ghost has done is just so mind-bendingly forward thinking that it's just like i feel like it's going to take years for people to kind of catch up with it in mm-hmm. a way um uh but anyway when when this thing was announced i listened to a i think i listened to the first single which i think was i think it was soilable i want to say but i don't totally remember um and i i kind of felt a little disappointed because i was like but, but where's all the insanity damn it you know like i, I want to feel like i'm being like you know, fed through the ringer with this thing, you know? Mm. <laughs> like, the, that, that's what's so much fun about Neo Wax Bloom and Chinese New Year and all the other uh, Igloo Ghost albums or Igloo Ghost releases. It's just that it's like this, you know, insane party that doesn't stop even for a fucking second. And when you think it does, it just completely, you know, like turns about face and just does something completely different that's still just as manic as in, and insane. Like, it just... It's one of those albums that feels like it's one long song, mm. but it's so detailed and made like just so meticulously crafted that it's just I it's something to behold. Like it is genuinely one of my favorite albums of all time. Like I adore Neo Wax Bloom. Um and so, you know, to to listen to something that that was more low key was like, oh, like oh no, <laughs> almost um because i i really like i feel like more people should listen to igloo ghost kind of um but putting this thing on 
I really fucking enjoyed it. Like it was, like I I just think it's a different side of him almost. Like it it it's sort of like it's like the other side of the coin in a way. Like it's still the igloo ghost coin. It's just not you know it, it's tails not heads. Um, and I think as a result, like I just I I think it's gonna be a little jarring. But I feel like he makes up for that with all of these, like, you know, these luscious strings. And, like, I feel like he has sort of that maximalist energy still in that, like, he's willing to just, you know, turn on a dime and do something completely different for a few seconds or or not, you know. And it's, um, but I feel like everything else, I think it's just more toned down in a way. And I, I think with that, it brings out some sort of, some, some different parts of the music that i never really noticed before you know some more lines of like repetition and things like that um you know it actually this was like i i usually didn't hear a ton of the vocal lines in neo wax bloom uh but i heard the vocals a lot more easily here because it just i think there's just less going on mm-hmm. but um yeah it, i i just feel like it's 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 just different i i i I think that's just the easiest thing to say is that it's it's not this isn't Neo Wax Bloom too, um, but I feel like it's it's very close to it. Like it's almost like it's like it's it's older brother in a way. Like it's it's older, more mature, you know, moody teen brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like I, I'm I'm not gonna say like this is like immediately like I I mean I I felt like it was immediately rewarding, but I. I, for some reason, it just it, it kind of oozed in my mind and kind of worked for me more. But I think for a lot of people who really enjoyed his previous work, I feel like th- this can be kind of you know um, a difficult listen. And even Fantano was critical of it. Um, you know, he felt like the second half like kind of paled in comparison to the first. And I can kind of see that like. In, feel like it lo- maybe loses a little steam in the second half but i feel like it makes up for it in different ways i feel like you get different timbres you get different sounds going on you got like that whole children's choir uh going on uh i think it's the track before soil bolt mm. if i remember right um like i i and i think it i think it works it's just it, it's just not what a lot of people are going to expect mm-hmm. um yeah but I mean, for sure, I I really really love this thing. Like this is like, this is kind of contender right now for album of the year really? for me. Wow. Yeah, I well, dude, just because it like, I think what made Igloo Ghost's you know his previous music so much fun is that you can just keep diving in and finding more, and like, but 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 also it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's shaming you for not doing that in a way. Like, it's just, like, y- you can just show up, and it's just like, oh, hey, you're here. You know, let's party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it, it's it's just chill with, like, whatever you want to do. Um, and I think this is kind of more of the same. In a way, it's just, I, I, I feel like maybe that chillness is, is emphasized a little more. Um, and it's just, I, I like being able to just go back into a record and just seeing what what else it has to offer so yeah i i don't really know how much more i have to say but like i i totally understand people's criticisms towards it um 
I mean, I, I out of curiosity, how many times did you listen to this? Um, I'll say three. Even though the first time, I just I I, I, I had such a negative cloud over my head. Um, I I just I reacted really because I had no idea what this sounded like, like at all. Like I just I, I just assumed it was another Igloo Ghost album. Um, yeah. So I will yeah. say I I came a little bit back to reality with some, you know the two subsequent listens and I definitely have a more positive view of it. I still don't love it. Uh, I, I, I think that I think that he's better at the more zany insane off the wall stuff. I felt like there were a few moments where tracks meandered. Uh, there were still some really really cool ideas and I, I did appreciate that you could absolutely tell um I could absolutely tell that this was an igloo goose. Igloo, oh my gosh, an igloo, igloo goose. I don't know why I keep doing that. I'm talking too quickly. Uh, an igloo ghost album. Uh, there's definitely elements of his his core songwriting style sound that are still very much apparent. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just I really I hope this was an excursion. He does go back to his core sound, um, just because I think he's better at at doing that, honestly. But I. This is interesting. See, I mean, I think it, I, I would argue that his core sound is still there. I I just think it's it's more like he's showing off different sides of it. But I mean, I like like I, I really can't blame you because I think like showing up with that type of sound, you know, to begin with, it, like it <laughs> like it, it's it, it's a difficult sell to be like, hey, I'm gonna do this thing now, too, <laughs> like. It's, yeah. Yeah. No. No. I, I mean. I, yeah. Let me soften that a little bit. Definitely, it, it is a different side of his established sound for sure. Um, I, I think that it's not such a departure from what he's done before that you you know it's unrecognizable or anything like that for sure. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely prefer what he has done before, and and if he does approach this style more I have a feeling that if he continues along this path which I mean who knows if, if he will uh, it'll be I think I'll like the second album more just because he, he's such a creative producer he's such a great talent that I think if he continues flexing his muscle muscles in this direction I have a feeling that it, it might click for me the next time I, I just I think, yeah, I, think that, I, yeah. I, I would really suggest trying to like give it a little more time to sink in i guess uh which i i know i if somebody told me that i i would say fuck you to them <laughs> in a way um but i i guess if i'm going to use an example um the the latest daughters album uh we were both pretty lukewarm on it when it first came out and i think part of that was was from hype in a way but we both kind of changed our step really quickly like after a you know, I, I think after it sank in a little bit, but I think we needed some time off from listening to it almost. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I really do think that this thing is rewarding, but I mean, I, there's like, I'm not going to say that this is better than Neobax Bloom. It, it's just different. Uh, you know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess that's the one thing that gives me a little bit of, of solace so to speak and that might be a little bit too 
intense way to put it, but I feel like since you can still hear that core aspect of his sound, there's a chance that this might just be an excursion. He'll he'll jump back at some point, uh, or he could potentially um, build upon this foundation and get to a point where I, I think I would be more on board. Um, but in any case, I mean, he still is an incredibly inventive producer. So that there's you know, oh, yeah. there's there's no no telling what he'll do next and. Even though this didn't work for me right off the bat, uh, like you said, I mean, maybe if I return to it down the line, it'll really hit me. And um, I'm I'm interested to give it another shot because definitely from my first listen to my third listen, my opinion increased significantly. Or you know, or I I yeah. had a much much higher regard for it than I had before. So yeah, I, I mean, say? I would definitely say like, do, do, don't feel like you have to listen to it over and over and over again until like it you know quote unquote clicks um i i feel like time is your friend here um because i know like i the, like i listened to it i think for like the fourth time today um but i hadn't listened to it for like two or three days since so um yeah i, I think it's t- time is good for this thing oh my one complaint here um no cd version of the album <laughs> that's weird um but but I think they this is a little weird because he's releasing it through his own record label, and I think there is there's been like a very limited vinyl run already that already got sold out like months ago. Um, so I it it just really frustrates me because this is an album I would like kill to own on 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 CD. Uh, to the point that I'm almost thinking about buying just a bunch of those blank CD jewel discs, like uh, <laughs> jewel cases, and, and and just making my own at this point, uh, because I I just want to have a physical version of this so much just to like play in the car if I want to. Yeah. 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 I, I but, I'm I'm very much again you know as someone who collects CDs and vinyl, uh, I, I just I don't I don't see why you would limit people like that i i just i, I don't i, I mean they, like they, at least he even has a physical release at all because i mean really if, if you really wanted to save money with this thing just do digital <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's what I, I don't really get is that well I, I i meant it more just like i think we should be thankful that he's even putting any physical copy of it out, yeah so. um but but i just feel like it, you know fans uh I don't know. I, I feel like a CD, a CD run, can't be any more expensive. It's probably less expensive than a vinyl run. I um, see. I disagree because I feel like vinyl is more in demand, and I feel like you're gonna get more of like a return on your investment. I, yeah, with, you know, as with I, vinyl. As I was saying that, I think, uh, yeah, that actually makes sense. But like, I, I feel like you could maybe make a profit on CDs, but. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. Like, just because, again, there's just no demand for it. Uh-huh. Um, and even me and Devin were, were arguing about this a little bit the other day because she thinks that it's, it's like, CDs are due for a comeback, which I'm like, I, I really wish you were right. Like, I, I really hope that that's the case. The, I don't I don't see it happening, or at least I don't see it happening soon. There was that great, uh, great article we read. I mean, this is anecdotal, so maybe not the strongest case, but where someone owns it. The author owned a record store, and uh, 
the guy, guy came in looking for a vinyl copy of an album, and he said, "No, nah, but we have, uh, you know, we have X, Y, Z, like several CD copies from this artist." And he was like, "Ah, no, I'm just kind of looking for it on record." And it's like, but it just, it just it feels like that there's such an element of you know, there's such a collector's element to it that yeah, it, it just it goes beyond just exactly I want to own this the- record. I mean, there are sometimes where I won't buy selling on CD or vinyl because I I kind of like if I have an artist on a certain format, I usually like to stick to that format just because, you know, usually I'll, I'll get in the mood to listen to an album and I want to like listen to a number of albums in the discography. It's nice to be able to stick on the turntable or like, you know, stick to the, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but if I find like, if I'm looking for an album, if I find it on vinyl or if I find it on CD, you know, I'm, I'm just going to get whatever's there. Cause yeah, I, I but wanna, y- I feel like you're one of those people who has both, who uses both mediums. Yeah. And like, I mean, you'd be like asking me to be like, oh, like, you know, I, I should just buy the new Ickle Ghost on vinyl because since it isn't on CD. And it's like, that is is kind of stupid to yeah. insinuate yeah. almost. Yeah. Like, I, 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 guess it's, I guess it's more stupid, I guess, in this case because, I mean, at least with a CD player, like, you can't really go wrong. Like, it's really difficult to find a bad CD player in a way. Whereas, like, you know, you're spending a minimum of a grand sometimes on, like, a good, you know, vinyl, like, a good turntable and amplifier. Um, so, you know, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> conjecture. Uh, it's just, I like, that. I, I guess my, my point is just, like, it, it sucks, but I understand. Yeah. Um, but it still sucks. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Okay, but I guess it's time for Albums of the Week. It is indeed. So, and why don't you and, uh, kick us off? Okay. Uh, yeah, I was I was sort of debating on what to talk about, and then uh, I had this on last night, and I realized, one, how much I fucking missed this album, uh, because for some reason I think I must have had like a mini stroke or something like that <laughs> uh, a few years ago, and I just sold it. Uh, but I think, two... Uh, it's just a great... I don't know. It's just a great album. So, uh, Defenders of the Faith by Judas Priest. Hey, they have that. that's a, that's a yeah. like, kind of sneakily underrated album of theirs. I, it's my favorite Judas Priest album by like a, a long shot, kind of. like I, I think Screaming from Vengeance comes a little close to it, but still, like, Defenders is like far and away my favorite. I just, like, every track on it is so good. Uh, rock Hard, Rock Free... It's just, like, one of those, like, sneaker hits for me that just, like, when you start the song up, I'm like, eh, this could be really lame. But just by the chorus, like, by the time you get to the chorus, you're just singing along with it <laughs> and stuff. And just, uh, you know, a song like Jawbreaker, just, like, Rob Halford's, uh, Rob Halford's vocals just in general are, are always top-notch. But, like, I love when he gets really up there. And, like, so, like, the end of Jawbreaker, he does that. Uh... You know, Sentinel, he does that a lot. Uh, yeah, just... Even a song like Heavy Duty that's just, like, more, like, slowly paced. Uh, I don't know, just... just I, I fucking adore this album. And I really wish more people, like, you know, kind of love this album. Like, like I, I, I wish we could replace all the, um, the enamored, you know, the fawning over British Steel with Defenders of the Faith. Because, like, I've never understood people's, like, obsession with British Steel. 
just it's just not that good. <laughs> yeah, I, I happen I, I I think you might have lent it to me at one point, but what really pushed me over the edge is there were two. I think they each might have been at most like ten bucks uh, vinyl copies of Screaming for Vengeance and Defenders of the Faith at at Newbury Comics at one point. Yeah, and so I got both just because I mean I, I think the Defenders of the Faith the album cover is awesome too. The, both of the album covers are so yeah, cool, yeah, just sure. like cybernetic animals, yeah. like like fuck yeah. yeah. Like speaking of mecha anime, like that that's that that that's got some mecha vibes right there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah, like as I was listening to it, I'm like, man, I just I feel like. I feel like this isn't as celebrated as I listening to it now, as I would expect it to be. Like, I mean, like as, in, as, in all fairness, Priest has a pretty wide discography. Yeah, um, and it's really cool to see. Like, like it's they're one of those bands where like everybody has a different favorite album. Yeah, um, it's it's, pr- it's super interesting. But yeah, I, I yeah, it, it it I really do wish more people would pay attention to this album. It's definitely a. It's something that I feel like people who really like Judas Priest speak highly of, but I just wish that it received a little bit more love from the broader public. Because it's interesting, yeah. I've heard the sentiment from a number of people, and so it's weird that that hasn't translated to, like, like everyone else. But um, yeah, yeah. No, nice, uh, nice pick, and I am going to. Um, I think I'm going to pick this album because it's it, it it kind of I start to flirt with what I was doing last week where I picked an album I've already talked about before, but <laughs> I'm not going to because I haven't. Talk, I don't think I've referenced this album before, but there is overlap in the sense that I was feeling really nostalgic, and I was looking for um, actually this kind of has overlap with Enter Shikari and Wolves in the Throne Room. Um, I always check for certain albums, like I mentioned when I, or I mentioned twice, I guess when I talked so about Wolves. W- w- when you say overlap between Wolves in the Throne Room and Enter Shikari, I, I, I think I, I wrestled a bear no, once, I, sorry, and I'm like I, Scott, like like maybe we need to end the episode now. No, <laughs> I don't mean musically. I mean like you know I, I was feeling nostalgic, and then I always have like certain albums in mind that I look for. Um, ah, I don't okay. know why I sold this my co- original copy of this. Uh, did I go through? I went through weird phases. Um, it, but, me too. I mean, like I said, I'm, I must have had a mini stroke or something. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of like major cognitive impairment, like the temporary that just was like, nope, this is a good idea. Let's sell this. <laughs> um, but I, I always check for this one, and I found it. I did a recent, you know, Bulbo binge, and I was, I found it and put it in my cart immediately and bought it, and it is. Uh, Planetary Duality by The Faceless. Uh, oh shit! Yes, I just I feel like it's one of those. Album- I I remember we were both obsessed with this album in college. It's just I really don't know why I sold it. I think it's because I went through that phase we- where like I just I got rid of all my deathcore, but. It's, oh, I was going to say be, because the faceless kind of just like went real south they, after that album. They did, they did. That that that's very true. But I think they were really on because obviously they were on Sumerian. Um, you know, they were kind of lumped in. They t- I've toured with a ton of bands, like they toured with Veil Maya, Born of Osiris, stuff like that. Um, boo! But I just yeah, boo! <laughs> I just I I feel like they were really unfairly lumped in because yeah, they have some breakdowns in their music, but. 
they're just so much better than any of their contemporaries, or at least at that point they were. I mean, autotheism, they basically were like, have you heard of Devin Townsend? We are going to do that. And like, they basically just aped a lot of prog metal tropes and didn't yeah i i I just felt like you know how like every band around that time was trying to like do the prog thing like uh remember how the contortionist you know just suddenly was like a prog band with language yeah yes yes i do remember that like it it was like that like it was like that time and i felt like uh, maybe they were even pressured to do it I, i never understood it though because like dude like like planetary duality is a good album like, it was a weird coincidence, wasn't it? That like everyone just like that just seemed like every band had to go down that route. Um, yeah, well, I, I think ar- around the same time, like Gent was really you know starting to like hit its stride, uh, and I, it, maybe like all of those deathcore bands were like sort of listening to that and being like, hey, maybe we should you know <laughs> screw around with this uh, in their own way. I mean, there there are some good examples of that. Um, I remember. Uh, I think it's called the the Amenusis by uh, by the band Monuments, if I remember right. I remember like really enjoying that album. Um, like the, the there there are some cases of it, but it's just like it, it it was very odd how like it felt like all these bands were trying to just do this thing. Like I kind of like uh, uh, Bring Me the Horizon. We're trying to do that too, mm-hmm. uh, but but I feel like they just never stopped. I feel like they just kept going until like. They became like metalcore Godspeed You Black Emperor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean, yeah. what really stinks about the Faceless in particular is that Planetary. Like, I, I really like Echodama, their debut, but it was it was very rough around the edges. Like, definitely a lot, a lot that still needed to be hammered out, and it just stinks because they a hundred percent did that on Planetary Duality. Like, it, it is just such it's the like such a sophomore success like it just is such a great um such a great evolution of their their sound and then for them to just kind of fall off a cliff is yeah. just really really disappointing cuz well, weren't there some issues like you know uh weren't there some like internal strifes yeah, with, like within the band I, I guess to be you know obviously don't want to talk a little of anyone's you know struggles uh, michael Keane, the the main dude has serious issues with uh, heroin and, and, and drugs so it's it definitely there's a, a reason for why things went off the rails really quickly uh, it's really you know unfortunate that and i i don't think that he's ever really bounced back because mm. I, I, it's even before COVID, I don't think they had toured for, or I think that they took like kind of a self-imposed hiatus and like when like there were videos of him playing live, and it was it was just kind of sad to watch. Like you, he just was not all there. Uh, yeah, that's that's so rough. I, I actually just finished um, uh, a few days ago now, but um, biography of uh, Allison Chains, mm-hmm. and just like reading about like Lane Staley near the end of his life is really really dark and tough to read just like to see someone who's like so talented it can offer so much to the world and just uh, just find them just completely you know subservient to their addiction like it's 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 really sad yeah 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 it's 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 very 
it, it's very tough for a band like the Faceless as well because of just how like you know he's the, you know lead guitarist, lead songwriter, and like how technical their music is, and just how like when mm-hmm. you're in that state, you just you can't you can't do that. Like, you can't you can't play like those blistering fast. So it, it was yeah. I'm I'm glad that that album exists though. Like I'm really glad that Planetary Duality. Um, it, it was an important record for getting me to kind of bridge the gap between deathcore and death metal because it has I mean, just I, enough. I, I view it as more of a death metal album. Frankly. Yeah, it has just enough deathcore elements. Like there, there's some really beefy, nice breakdowns in there, but it, it's not uh, obviously like death metal bands have used breakdowns for a while. It's just like the 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 number of them is kind of what pushed deathcore to what it is. Um, mm. But I. I I get why they were lumped into the deathcore crowd. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad they, they were though. I'm kind of glad that they, they were signed to Sumerian. They came out as they were because they were. There's such a good, high quality, tech death band. Uh, and I think in some ways that was kind of their downfall in a way, or why they got you know maligned by some death metal yeah. purists is because they were seen as one of the, like. But they really weren't. They really were aren't a deathcore band at all. Like. Yeah, I, I mean, like, if it, I, I say, I would rather listen to Planetary Duality any day than, like, even take a whiff of Acacia Strain, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if they, they used it, I mean, if you look, some of my favorite breakdowns of death metal, deathcore ever, you know, like, Carcass, Cryptopsy, like, it's been around for a while, it's just that they're, you know, a few on an, a few across an entire album that really well, added did, nice. Didn't Cryptopsy, like, do the opposite, though? Like, didn't they start as, like, a technical death metal band and then become, like, a deathcore yes, band? Yes, isn't that, 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 that's one of the funnier little Easter eggs of death metal, how yeah. that happened. It's, it's interesting. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're, like, pretty over time, but I, it, this has been a fun conversation. Yeah, as always. Um, yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. And, uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod- Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.